0: You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number 27. Hey guys, it's JC Pulford here, and we are back continuing our Purity series during these summer solo shows here on the podcast. As you know, if you've been listening for a while, every other week I chat with some amazing people and share those interviews with you. Then we have deeper discussions into things that God has been laying on my heart. This week is no different. We will be diving into the issue of idolatry, why it's important not to place people on pedestals God never called them to stand on. I also shine the spotlight on the popular phrase, own your truth, and how that is in fact a form of idolatry. We discuss what real truth is, how we must adopt the truth of Jesus, and why we need to show up honestly and respectfully for our brothers and sisters in Christ, encouraging them in their walk and not being stumbling blocks. So I might ruffle some feathers with this one. I am sure of it, but I know it's what God wants me to share. So let's not wait much longer. Here is episode number 27 that I am calling Idolatry and Real Truth. You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast. I'm JC, and this is the place where we get real, sharing truthful insights that will encourage us to make intentional choices in both life and business. I want to start conversations that not many young Christians today are having. Will you join me? Have you ever thought about your emotional health? Everyone talks about being in shape physically and how it's important to live a life with a clean body, right? Well, I wrote my first book, The Palace Keepers, seven years ago that dives into the most overlooked problem of this generation. It's about emotional purity. Ever hear of it? Maybe not. And that's why The Palace Keepers is a vital resource to open our minds to keeping our hearts pure. This book features my personal testimony about how God grabbed a hold of my life when I was 22 years old. It also goes deep into biblical truths concerning purity of the heart and what King Jesus expects of us as our own palace keeper. To celebrate seven years since writing The Palace Keepers, I redesigned the cover art to feature a beautiful high-quality photograph of an awesome gate door surrounded by luscious, vibrant greenery. Books are now fully stocked in the shop, so now is the perfect time to snag one while you can. Just go to HelloAwesomeMinistries.com, click the shop button in the menu bar, and then click the books section. Please do not wait to grab a copy. They normally don't last long. Books are only $14 with free shipping, so take advantage of this deal. In a world where sin is glorified and purity is mocked, protecting your body is not enough. Purity is more than sexual abstinence or virginity. The Lord Jesus Christ has called you to be a palace keeper to protect the purity of your heart. Are you ready? Hey guys, welcome back to the Hello Awesome podcast. We are continuing our summer series on purity during our solo shows and I can't wait to get started. I've been using my first book, The Palace Keepers, as a guideline for this series on purity and it's been so great sharing my heart with you. In fact, this year marks seven years since I wrote The Palace Keepers, and in celebration of this anniversary, I have created a new cover art for the book. So now you can go to my shop, HelloAwesomeMinistries.com, and snag your copy of The Palace Keepers featuring the new cover. Right now it is restocked, and I have it ready to go, ready to ship right to you. So one of the biggest lessons the Lord taught me when I first started coming to church at the age of 22 in 2007 is the topic of emotional purity. When I was trying to make sense of my past choices and the experiences I had, especially coming out of deep perversion and sexual sin, God showed me that the root of any physical sin is sin within the heart. We like to talk abstinence and purity in a way that only deals with virginity within Christianity. And while we do need to discuss those things, and it is very important, I truly believe that we are teaching backwards. When we deal with issues of the heart, it will affect us physically. I feel very privileged and honored to be able to share what I have learned with you. I never would have imagined this. Growing up, I have always wanted to be an artist and a writer. The content back then was a bit harsh and gory, to be honest. But what I didn't know was that my passions needed to be guided by the one who placed them within me. And so to sit here at a microphone 12 years after stepping foot into an apostolic church for the first time, having authored four books and running a creative business that meets the needs of other like-minded people of faith. It's just awesome. It really is. Honestly, many of the lessons I share with others in my books are lessons I did not want to talk about at first because they reflected the flaws that I had or still am working through because it's vulnerable and personal and that can be incredibly scary but it also can be incredibly freeing and just knowing that what I went through or what I'm currently going through is helping someone else even if it's just one person is all worth it. I am not perfect and will never consider myself perfect. I'm just a regular person being used by an irregular God and I don't mean to be disrespectful saying that. Our Lord is anything but regular, am I right? He is bigger than our dreams, our thoughts, our imaginations. This is why we have to be careful when we look at one another. As we walk with the Lord, we must allow Him to be magnified and remember that we... Are not God's. And we have to be really careful placing people on pedestals they were never meant to stand on, or giving people authority in our lives they were never meant to have authority in. You see, we tend to create our own idols to look up to because of our own self perceptions and what we feel we are lacking. Could be insecurities, inward or outward. We tend to place people in positions higher than God wants them to be. And sometimes these idols compete for our attention and affection. See, there's a difference between admiration and obsession. When we have admiration for someone, we admire their character, personality, or maybe things like fashion or creativity. We don't overdo our appreciation, but we find that person inspiring. They make us feel joy, and they might give us a refreshing new perspective. But, when we have an obsession for someone, we are overly admiring them. Our thoughts and emotions work overtime thinking or comparing ourselves to that person and appreciation for them goes to the extreme. We don't just find that person refreshing, but it's like we can't even breathe without them. This is something we must keep in check. We can admire or obsess over just about anyone or anything. It all depends on how much space we give them within our own minds. Protecting your heart isn't just about dating relationships, but it's about all relationships. It's about protecting ourselves from all distractions. A friend, family member, a crush, or a celebrity can be idols in our lives. If we went further, even work, social media, or a sport can be an idol to us. We can feel so inadequate about ourselves that we turn to other people or things to try and compensate. An idol is an image or material object representing a deity to which religious worship is addressed. It can also be an image of deity other than God, any person or thing regarded with admiration, adoration, or devotion above God, a figment of the mind, fantasy, or imagination. It is great to have role models and to be involved in activities you love. It is good for us to look up to good examples of positive godly influences and appreciate what he or she represents. It is totally okay to play a fun game of volleyball, set goals, or have advanced careers. Caution takes place when we allow people or things to take first place in our lives instead of Jesus. When I was younger, I never felt good enough in certain areas, and so I would look up to people who I thought were better than me. And that makes sense, right? But that's the difference between admiration and obsession. It's okay to be inspired to be better, have good examples, and look up to role models. But it's not okay to obsess, and I was on that line. It's okay to admire people who are where you want to go. But it's not okay to give them more space than God in your thoughts or emotions, not setting limitations for how much you adore them and giving them authority in your life when God never called them to have it. It is a sin against God to have adoration for anyone or anything more than God Himself. This is idolatry. It is when we look up to other people or things first and then God's second or third or fourth or even lower than that. One story that we can look to is in the book of Exodus when Moses was helping the children of Israel escape Egypt. In chapter 32, Moses took so long on the mountain speaking with the Lord that the people below became restless. They approached Moses' brother Aaron and expressed their frustration with the situation. So, Aaron gathered all the gold earrings from the children of Israel, melted them, and created a golden calf. He then told the Israelites to accept the golden calf as their new God, and even told them that the calf was the one who brought them out of Egypt. The Lord sent Moses down to confront the idolatry, and God repented of the evil that he thought to do unto those who betrayed him. But ye shall destroy their altars, break their images, and cut down their groves, for thou shalt worship no other god. Exodus thirty-four, thirteen and 14 Sometimes idolatry happens when we are the ones placing people and things higher than they should be above the Lord. Other times, just like Aaron and the Golden Calf, outside influences create idols and feed us lies that distract us from giving God the attention and worship He deserves. Take a moment to think about this. It's 2019. We are bombarded more than ever with images and news today that is saturated with an agenda contrary to the things of God and yet many of us fall victim to the enemy's sweet talk because we're blinded by the shiny message and we can't see the real source. For example, Journalism now is not about bringing forth the truth, it's not. It's about telling the masses how they should think. It's about providing entertainment that is created to shift our attention away from the facts. This is the world we live in today and yet we are usually not careful with how much media we consume. We are leaving our hearts open to being deceived and not placing God as the ultimate authority. We need to be aware of the different things that will try to lure us away from what God is saying is good. We have to be careful not to let other people tell us who or what to give our attention to. That power and authority should come from God alone. Isaiah 5.20 says, Woe unto them that call evil good, and good evil, that put darkness over light, and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. What we are falling victim to today may not be obsession with people, but it may be obsession with ideas. Ideas that God never created. Ideas that lift up man above God and place him in authority above the Lord himself. It's the obsession over ideas that many of us have made into personal idols and have adopted principles that don't bring God glory. They in fact do quite the opposite. Jesus is the best role model we will ever have. While God walked the earth, he shed forth examples of compassion, humility, praying faith, teaching, and boldness in truth. In all that Jesus did, he made sure to include the disciples and answer their questions. He wanted them not to follow blindly, but to stick to the truth and adopt it as their own. Now this next part is not in the palace keepers, but it's a thought that came to me last week, and I think it goes along with what we're talking about right now. These three words have plagued the nation recently and we as a church need to call it out for what it is. So I'm going to do that right here, right now because this podcast is all about the real conversations that we need to start having with each other in order to become the people God has called us to be. Own your truth. Ever heard of that phrase? Social media has been full of this mantra and while it seems harmless, it's idolatry at its finest. You want to know how I own my truth? I look to the truth. When I'm reconciled to Christ, his truth becomes my truth. I cannot have truth outside of him. In fact, that's not truth at all. That's deception. That's idolatry. It's putting ourselves or the ideas we have adopted on the throne and taking Jesus off. It's easy to believe a lie and that is why adopting the truth of who Jesus is and what he did for me grounds me more than any truth I can muster up on my own. Living in my truth is really living in a lie that makes me feel better but never truly changes me. It's saying, I won't change because I don't have to. When the truth of Jesus says, by the power of Christ, I'll be changed to who he's called me to be and that is better than where I stand right now. You see, the problem with owning your truth is it's really enabling idolatry by lifting us up to feel superior and perfect, totally dismissing the goodness of God. It deceives us into thinking that we're good enough on our own without God. It teaches impressionable young men and women to keep toxic habits and unhealthy emotional patterns because there is no accountability. It's having a take me or leave me attitude and that is just not gospel. If you own your truth, then no one feels obligated to call you out on things that aren't good for you. And you're positioning yourself in a way that keeps you stagnant in one place without growth. And that's what the Bible is all about. But when His truth becomes yours, when you realize the God of the universe not only created you and everything you see, but also came and died so that your heart can be reconciled to Him, this is the truth worth proclaiming it redeems it strengthens it nourishes it grows jesus said in john 14:6 i am the way the truth and the life acts 17:28 says for in him we live and move and have our being jesus is the truth and in him we have life not in our own truth not in our own imagination thinking we are above god and his ways if we have our own truth, we're saying that we're equal with God or we value ourselves above Him. Both are wrong and both are idolatry. We're saying there is a different truth outside of Jesus and that thinking separates our hearts from His heart. If we back up to John 14, through 4 Jesus encourages us by saying, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. It's okay to have confidence and to appreciate what God is doing within you. But when we start worshipping our current status, bringing more attention to ourselves than Christ, That is idolatry. We must decrease and He must increase. But when we own our truth, we are increasing how we feel about ourselves and decreasing the influence of God in our lives. We all have inward challenges and insecurities. That's being human. But it's all about how we handle those things and what we glorify on a daily basis. It is never okay to put ourselves other people or things as priority over God. I'm not only talking about in the natural, but within our hearts as well. You see, emotional purity is having your emotions filter through the Lord so we can be in harmony with God, so we can make the right choices for our souls while also being witnesses to His greatness. When He influences us, our influence has power to bring people closer to Him. One example of this is right back in the garden with Adam and Eve. As young ladies and growing women, the Lord has given us special power of influence to use for His glory, not our own. Guarding our emotions will reevaluate our motives and intentions behind our words and actions. Eve's eyes were deceived as she looked at the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Even when she knew it wasn't right to eat, the serpent influenced Eve to eat and planted that sieve into her heart. Once she gave in, she turned and influenced Adam to do the same, though it was Adam's responsibility as her husband to have protected them both from being deceived, it was also the power of a woman's influence that overpowered God's word in Adam's heart. Proverbs two hundred eleven says Discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. As females, we have more power than we know what to do with. In society today, we see the negative effects of a woman's influence. Instead of using her body for God's glory, she has exploited it to curve men's attention to herself. Instead of using her words for pleasant admiration, she speaks foul language and uses conniving attitudes to fulfill material desires or to gain a false sense of power. Ladies, this is not how the king wants his daughters to act. Proverbs two sixteen through 18 continues, saying, To deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the strange woman, even from the stranger with flattereth with her words, which forsaketh the guide of her youth, and forgetteth the covenant of her God, for her house inclineth unto death, and her paths unto the dead. In the Bible, we are warned of the ways in which not to act. Also, gentlemen are expected not to give in to such women, Not only physically, but emotionally as well. God cares about men's emotional health just as much as women's. For some reason, we think anything with emotions, feelings, and hearts doesn't apply to men. Wrong, wrong, wrong. This is a human issue and is not gender specific. However, I am a woman and therefore my perspective is from that point of view. The scripture is clear that young men must also work on guarding their hearts as well. Yes, ladies. Men do have hearts, don't be surprised. Totally kidding, of course. But Proverbs 5, 1-8 has a message for men who love God. My son, attend unto my wisdom, and bow thine ear to my understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion, that thy lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But her feet go down to death, her steps take hold on hell. Lest thou shouldest ponder the path of life, her ways are movable, that thou canst not know them. Hear me now therefore, O ye children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. Remove thy way far from her, and come not nigh to the door of her house. Gentlemen, you are not exempt from purity. You have a different kind of influence. While a woman more than likely uses her influence to manipulate others to do what she wants, you on the other hand are more bold. The most attractive part of the power of influence for you is that first word, power. A perfect example is Jacob using his power of influence to gain the birthright from his twin and older brother Esau. Esau was only older by like two seconds, but here's the deal. Firstborn sons in those days were supposed to get a special blessing from their father. This could include giving them all of the father's possessions, livestock, or money and land. Jacob managed to buy it with one sorry bowl of soup. Jacob was always jealous of Esau and he used his influence to gain something that made him feel powerful. This power of influence is a powerful tool and if the heart has wrong intentions, it can cause deadly damage. Protecting our emotional purity is only half the process. Both Eve and Jacob influenced other people to sin alongside them and we need to be careful not to do the same. Lives can be changed and hearts can be mended if we properly use the power of influence well. I go deeper into this topic in my latest book called The Glitter Effect, which is all about the power of influence and leaving behind a legacy for the next generation. Check out the shop section at HelloAwesomeMinistries.com to snag your copy today. The purity of your heart is not only going to keep you from stumbling, but it is designed to also help our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ follow Him. I have a question. When we are in the season of singleness, are we looking at others as brothers and sisters? Or are we just thinking prospects or rejects? I'm being serious. If you're in a youth group or at a youth event, are you respecting one another by how you view the opposite sex? The terms brother or sister is not only reserved for the elders of the church. It's more than that. Romans 14.13 tells us, Let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Simply put, every male and female in the church is a brother or a sister in Christ first, and we are not to use our power of influence to make them stumble in their walk with God, being mindful that they are trying to be followers of Jesus too. We are to help one another succeed by respecting everybody's emotional purity. You may think you're respecting a woman or respecting a man because you haven't been physical with them and that's just not true. Respect doesn't just apply to keeping your hands to yourself. It also means not leading somebody on when you have no intentions of pursuing a real relationship with them. It means being honest, trustworthy, displaying high quality character. When you're with your friends or when you're with a new group of people. Respect is telling her that she's nice but you're not interested instead of waiting for her to hopefully someday figure it out because you are purposely ignoring her. Respect is telling him that you have specific boundaries because of spiritual convictions. That what Jesus placed in your heart is important even if he doesn't understand and you don't have to feel shame for that. Respect for yourself and others is essential to purity inside and out. Can you imagine if we all started acknowledging and treating one another like brothers and sisters in Christ with respect and intentional thoughts regarding purity? How far we could go together to do God's work? Just think about it. I think we need a perspective shift, a big slice of humble pie, and a heavy dose of the Word of God. Every day we have an opportunity to shine His light to all people, regardless of how we personally feel about them. Jesus never followed feelings. He followed truth, the truth. So we must also follow His truth. The more we ignore the fact that our hearts need help, the more we lose out on the victory. We must first step out of the boat in order to reach the opportunities the Lord has for us. We like to tease Peter about how he looked down and started sinking but I don't remember anyone else taking advantage of the opportunity to get closer to the Lord and stepping out with Peter. At least he got as close as he could and did his best, even if it wasn't perfect. God isn't calling us into perfection. He is calling us into purity, a cleansing process in which we take the next step closer to his side as he creates within us a better version compared to who we used to be. Perfection will never happen on earth. We won't be perfect until we get to heaven. So rest in the fact that right here, right now, is training and Jesus is with us every step of the way, as long as we seize the opportunity for growth in God. God sets things up so we have to turn to Him in order to achieve victory over trials. If Peter never stepped out of the boat, what kind of man would he have turned out to be? Would Peter have been a spectator of the miracle and not a participant? To be a spectator is to be someone on the sidelines, just like the other disciples on that boat. They just watch this amazing miracle, but we're not part of it. Sometimes we may not be right in the middle and our perspective is that of a spectator's. Sometimes we're watching from afar as everything unfolds. Sometimes being a spectator is a good thing if the situation calls for it, but with emotional purity, Being a spectator can actually slow down the cleansing process. It requires someone to take action. When we take action in a situation that involves purity, we are no longer spectators or watchers. We become a participant. We become Peter, taking action by stepping out and making our way closer to Jesus. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a spectator of a miracle, especially when it involves the purity of my own heart. I want to participate in what God is doing, don't you? I want to be involved, take action, be used in a way that will bring about real change. And that might even mean real change within my own heart and the relationships I have in my life. We need to participate in the process toward pure success and not be the spectator of our emotional downfall. I feel like sometimes we think if we pray, God will magically sprinkle from heaven some fairy dust that will heal everything. Our God is not a God of illusion. And while He does crazy miracles and can heal anything that is unclean, He loves those who diligently seek relationship with Him. He desires for us to be in communion, unity and harmony with who He is. He is good, pure and holy. If we seek God for who He has revealed Himself to be, in time we also may be good, pure and holy. The circumstances of our situation to progress will not always be easy. If the Lord never allows challenges to happen in our lives, if we are never challenged in areas where we need strength, how will we be better individually? Truth is, we won't be. How can we learn from something that has no challenge? I've never known people who were born with silver spoons in their mouths to spit it out. When someone inherits millions of dollars, you rarely hear them say, no thanks, I'm content and don't eat it. If God made it easy for us to serve him, what would the ultimate purpose be for? If King Jesus gave us all silver spoon blessings in all areas of our lives at all times without friction or shaking, what victory is accomplished in that? We would already have everything we think we need. I feel we would never give God the time of day because to us, everything is perfect. This would include how we would even view ourselves. Why would we need God if we have everything we want and we are satisfied with where we are? It's important to thank God, no matter how hard it might be, for the good and the bad opportunities of progress. A bad opportunity of progress means that we are progressing backwards. Our hearts are going back, not forward. If we see this happening within our own lives, If our understanding and awareness of the reality is enlightened, it is our job to take action and seize the opportunity to grow. Thanking God for it even when it's hard. Thanking Him for showing us the areas of weakness and asking for His guidance to get us on the right track of progression. Let's move forward with humility and honesty. It's the only way for us to be free from idolatry to cultivate respect within the relationships we have in our lives, and moving into a place where we recognize our shortcomings by adopting the truth of Jesus that will enable us to move forward in the process of purity. I so look forward to hearing what you guys think of this week's episode of the Hello Awesome podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Please take a minute and if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast and leave a positive review on iTunes. It is such an encouragement to me and it will help more people join these conversations with us. Make sure you email me a screenshot of the review at helloawesomeshop at gmail.com or DM the screenshot to me on Instagram at Ministries so I can send you an incentive, your choice of a free digital copy of my book either the palace keepers or the glitter effect i am so very thankful for this opportunity to share my heart with you and what god has been teaching me until next time my friends i pray that you will have a very blessed blessed week and we will chat again here on the hello awesome podcast real soon If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories? Tagging me at Hello Awesome Ministries. It will encourage me that you were blessed. Also, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you can tune in to future episodes. To learn more about Hello Awesome, head to HelloAwesomeMinistries.com. Until next time, keep your chin up beautiful.